What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Everybody and welcome to um, an episode of actually a Para Presents Rodeo special. I've had I've had Mr. Mike Karubi on a many a time. Um, I don't even know. I think this is our fifth or sixth time. That even at this point, um, always a good discussion. And of course, David Pickerell, CEO of Para. Um, and I I think this is a really good matchup because I think that David, what what we're doing over at Para, a lot of that digital gig space independent contractor work aligns with a lot of what mike's doing and for those of you that haven't seen our previous discussions mike and i have some um some we we dive in pretty deep but uh there's mike has a lot of experience with the legislation part and actually dealing with these people and actually the fight that goes on between like what it takes to actually get something done um which is something that frustrates me from an as an outsider I can only imagine what you've seen during the years, and we've talked about this a few times, but um, thank you both for joining me. Glad to be here, Steve. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, and there's some unpacking to do, and I know we started talking a little bit backstage. That always throws me off a little, but we're good. So I guess the first thing I would like to hit on, and because I feel like you and I agreed that um, one of the reasons it's not being discussed is because I, I now I'm pretty sure of it. There are false dates put out there all the time on when this Julie Sue thing is going to be locked and sealed. And so then people come to me on those dates and they're like, well, wasn't that done yesterday? So can you better unwrap what's going on with the the whole Julie Sue thing being, you know, going in for uh, Secretary of Labor and why it's kind of taking a minute? Do you, are you referring to me? Yeah, I'm actually talking to you. Yeah. The... Um... The Julie Sue nomination takes a lot of impartial but informed people by surprise because she has a record with a lot of, I would call a performance record in California, very dubious achievements, uh, the loss of $32 billion of fraud, unwillingness to correct computer systems. I mean, these have these have no... Uh, labor value at all. They're just her way of, of kind of tilting the, the playing table. Uh, her, her pursuit of damage for independent contractors makes her a very challengeable uh, nominee. And, and I, we put out a list of four women who would be, you know, easier to pass not any better in terms of their policies, but just you know alternatives. And and we laughed because you know no action at all. They're just going to stay with Julie Sue. What normally what happens is the the nominated candidate is uh, escorted around the Senate 
uh, with a guide and introduced to the key senators, uh, both for kind of general leadership, official leadership, and committee seats uh, for the committee that's going to handle it. In this, in this case, it would be what uh, health education in the Senate, health education, labor, and pensions, as I recall. And then there's a subcommittee below that that will that will work uh, often that will work on it on, on a nominee. So Julie Sue has had that um, she's had that interview live on TV. It's it's an hour long, and it is a kind of a laughable effort to avoid saying anything and giving any answers. So it's it's but it, it it's eyewash, but it's official. And a lot of questions have been raised since that. I believe it was in May or April. It's been a while. A lot of questions were raised about other aspects that have not been brought to light about Sue's performance in office in California. And the drumbeat has gotten louder and more effective. And so what's, and then they had scheduled a total Senate vote for a while when they thought they were gonna have the votes and all the, and healthy senators voting. Uh, Feinstein has, uh, nearly out of commission. Uh, Fetterman has been out of commission for mental health reasons. God bless them both, but you know they they haven't been able to vote, so they don't want to propose a vote and lose it. Like forty-eight, forty-nine. Um, so uh, they can't they can't schedule a final vote without the healthy individuals. While this has been going on. There are the, uh, the House of uh, Representatives has brought to light some fraud and performance issues that a, uh, the powerful chairman of the uh, House Education and Workforce Committee said, we have to talk to this woman uh, before, you know, in order to get answers. And the Senate has agreed to allow her the time to... Uh, to answer additional, you know, to answer questions from the House, even though the House is not on the nomination track, if you are still following me. Mm -hmm. So now we've got a we've got a diversion. I think the Democrats are willing to go along with a little bit of House diversion because it's time for additional, you know, medicinal help for the senators who are uh, at large for health reasons. So there's there's some mutual interests there in a delay. Some candidates go 600 days. Well, that, you know, almost two years. So I think that there are a lot of moving parts in this nomination. And this is part of government. I, I, I'm not covering for it. It's, it's the, if, you, if you think it's a nice, smooth, even process, you are in for a surprise. <laughs> so, <laughs> happy writing. Um, uh, it. It's fascinating in some ways because people are exerting people all over the our society. Our writers, our our colleagues in independent contracting are having an effect, and you wouldn't you wouldn't exactly expect that when you know. I mean, every bunch of working stiffs. That's all we are. That's all I am. You know, I you know, and I, we've got a 
professional mouthpiece on one side and we've got a business owner on the other and you wouldn't expect individuals to play such a role but when the going gets a little quick sandy all of a sudden strange things happen and it, it's a it's to be enjoyed and savored not to be condemned so um so wait, let me let me maybe ask this though too, because maybe we need to backpedal just a little. So, what is the importance of the Julie Sue situation? Depends on your perspective. If you are a independent contractor, she is absolutely dead set set against you having the freedom to be your own boss, to run your life, to pick and choose the work that you do to work on a project basis for one or many or hundreds or one at a time clients. She doesn't want you to have that, uh, that freedom. And I, I've been, I've been self-employed for 40 years working on projects. And I know that that is a, a wonderful freedom for individuals who are willing to accept the ups and the downs. Uh, David, you can, chime in if you want to, but any responsible adult with some experience at something, even someone in their teens, loves that chance. They want to be busy. They want to have the experience of working in busy times, and they'll put up with the inconvenience and the risk and the gnawing uncertainty of what happens if there isn't any work. Well, there'll be work if you go find it. Doesn't matter what the field is. So, um, Julie Sue represents an aggressive attack to prevent that happening ever again. And, and your attorney will tell you that forever is a very long time. And I've had an attorney that told me that. And I had, you know, I had to think about that. They don't just mean a year or two. They mean forever. 20 glaciers, 2,000 mountain buildings, you know, another satellite around Earth. No longer than that. So... Julie Sue is in league with the union effort. I don't know how much she's uh, benefited from it directly, but plenty. And uh, she is completely okay with forcing everyone in the workforce to pay a dues to the union in order to work. It's a, it's a ticket to ride. And without paying that, uh, you're not going to work. You just literally won't. And... Uh, it's an example to other interests who want to imitate what the unions have done in uh, requiring you to pay them a ticket to do what you have under any constitutional rights, uh, every right to, to pursue on your own. I think where I always go to this is like uh, we, you know, at Para, we work with a lot of drivers. A lot of drivers are unhappy with how they're being treated. They're unhappy with the system. and They don't think it's fair. At the same time, the vast majority of those drivers also want to continue being independent contractors. Right? I think that's sort of really when you boil it down to the sort of the crux of the problem is I think people are saying, hey, we're going to ignore the fact that most of you want this, but think it can be better. We're going to force you to do this, even though none of you all really want that. Right. Right. And I think really that's sort of the problem there is like both things can be true. And maybe this is like a broader thing in politics in general. I always put it as like, and you can be unhappy with this and want to be an independent contractor, right? You can say that the current system should be better. Maybe there is portable benefits. Maybe there's all of that. And you can be an independent contractor. 
yes. right? Uh, you know, and I think, you know, somehow, I mean, maybe it's all politics is always like or, but it should be and, so. Well, the, each one of those arguments is used to Julie Sue's ally, used by Julie Sue's allies to ad nauseum. Uh, benefits, benefits, benefits. That's not why you go and work for yourself. That is, that is not why you risk not having work, not having money on some days. Uh, pe people are in it for the upside, not to avoid downside. Also, there's ways to get benefits that doesn't have to be paying union dues provided by the employer. Right. And I think a lot of the time when I view this as sort of the government shirking their responsibility by trying to force an old labor model upon a more modern workforce. Right. It really comes down to you can provide these things. It's all possible. It doesn't have to be done this way. Why are you forcing it to be done this way? Right. It's like it's possible. Like, you know, it's not that hard. It's just there isn't the will to allow or will to legislate or design a system that doesn't. Right. If you have $20,000 in the bank, you have a lot of benefits there and you get to pick and choose. I mean, you don't need maternity leave every single day. You know, you don't need vacation time or paid sick leave or, you know, old age or health or, you know, you just run your business. You got 20000 and that's great. Most Americans don't have any money at all in the bank. So, you know, the best way to earn it is by working project work, saving some and buying the benefits like term life insurance for young householders, absolute necessity, but you, you, don't, you don't normally get that from an employer at all. So here's here's a benefit, a whole benefit you actually need and don't get being a W-2 employee. And I mean, I'm, you know, at Parallel, you know, we have W-2 employees, right, and they provide them health care benefits, but really what it comes down to is on average, you end up paying a couple hundred bucks a month per person, and obviously it's more if you're married or have kids, out of their pocket comes low hundreds, we pay mid hundreds of dollars, and that's the coverage, right? So what you're talking about is somebody needs to be able to afford hundreds of dollars a month to be able to have, and this is like a full healthcare coverage, right? right. But somehow we've just decided that to make it very difficult for somebody that's not full-time employed to do that. Yes. Right? Uh, and it just doesn't make sense to me. I also think the other, I think, you know, I see two sides on the Julie Sue thing is I, you know, I think not a lot of people maybe know this, but like my mother, is Chinese, so I do see there's a big sort of way push of people saying, "Hey, like you know, this is cool. We need some representation in the, you know, we need some representation in the cabinet, basically, right?" So I have seen that there's. If you look at this letter that was signed by business leaders supporting her, there was a big wave of sort of like Asian American business leaders, and I sort of get where they're coming from. On the flip side, as a business leader, what I see is I know I'm not a business leader, but as a business owner, what I see is you know, horrific mismanagement of unemployment funds and the scale of the billions, which right. is just crazy to me. And I think sort of zooming back, it's actually through that that Steve and I met actually was sort of at that beginning stage of you're a gig worker, the government passed this stuff, you may or may not be covered by unemployment. Even if you are covered, each state has a different set of rules. You know, some states are like apply and wait and wait. Some are apply, get rejected and then wait. Some are apply, get rejected and reapply. Some are don't reply at all. Then reapply as a whole mess of a system. And California was a disaster. I mean, at this this was at the same, AB5's going on. It's destroying lives. And, you know, it's, I, I mean, the checks aren't getting to the right people. They're only getting to the people who were fraud. Yeah. 
Yeah, you just sort of look at that being like it goes back to I think maybe this earlier point is like, why is the system that way, right? And I think the system we designed was like, hey, if you answer five questions, we scraped all the government data and we can tell you how much each program will pay you on what timeline and how you need to apply for each of your states and when you can expect the money. And just sort of look at that as like, you know, we shouldn't have to do that. The government should do that or they should make it easy for you to understand how to do that, basically. But I think it goes uh, back to that. And I think that's why, to me, you know, how many billions were lost, right? I forgot what it was, but like $9 billion, $7 billion, something like that. Way up. Yeah. What what is it, Mike? $45 billion? Well, I I had earlier heard 40, and then it it lowered to 32 and stayed there, but that's still the equivalent of the entire California uh, budget deficit for the coming year. So, Julie Sue lost it. You know, what do you mean you lost it? Nobody should have that kind of power. And certainly nobody with that kind of power and having done that should be considered for anything in public life. She should just go, go to the private sector, do what you want to do, dear, and just let this be. And Secretary of Labor, no less. Between 20 to 40. It's a job she's proved. She's. Look, I, I, I should be better qualified because it's a job she has proven she can't do. Yes. Well, literally, you could take almost any middle manager and say, can you do this job? Yeah. You know, or give every 30 guys a chance for a, you know, for a month to just see if they can clean some part of, part of it. I think the counter they would say is like, oh, we didn't have COBOL developers. We didn't have this. We didn't have that, the systems. And I'm like, BS, if there's a will, there's leadership and you hire people, which the government has people, you find a way. Right. Exactly. Like, it's just like, you know, this, I think in general, there's just lack of will to say, you know what, let's just start from scratch and let's figure it out. I'm sure we have enough people and we can do it. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I just really view that sort of calculator we built. I know it's a small thing, but that took us like three days, right? It took two people three days and you can do that. It's like, why can't, you know, why, why is it that hard? I think that's where I always come back to. Like, why do we make it so hard? for people to make an informed decision, right? I mean, that was really sort of the genesis of that calculator. Just give people the facts and let them make a decision. But, you know, we don't even give people the facts, right? We're, we're in the clutches of a group of people who aren't interested in doing the job as it's written in law. They're interested in doing their own, playing their own agenda out on the tapestry of the rest of our lives. So you you can't assume you can't assume goodwill when you have in a book like David Weil's book, you know, Fisher and Workplace, you you can't you, you literally can't assume that, that they're just making a mistake. Maybe it's deliberate. And it, in fact, it, in the case of Julie Sue, it certainly looks like it. So that's why the House wants to see her back. You know, we we don't think you're you know, we as an institution of government don't think you're fit to, to operate this. And if they, if Biden does get her through, I guarantee you she's going to spend all of her time in front of Congress. Just guarantee it. So I don't know if you see this comment up there, but uh, Rick is a friend of ours. He's a friend of the communities, and he's he just moved to Colorado on the western slope from California. But he lost. Uh, he didn't get ten thousand dollars of his un- unprocessed uh, unemployment. Uh, I see uh, one. And there's and there's Miss Karen. 
Karen Anderson says the <laughs> state auditor's 2021 report determined Sue's fraudulent fiasco was almost 100% preventable. That's that's what David was saying. You don't let things like that happen. And if you find out any of it happens, you slap the whole thing and, and make it right. I mean, you'd be better off approving individual checks than doing it that way. Also, if you think of 20 billion, how many people you could hire for $1 billion to make the system work, right? I, know. I, mean, you just, I, know. I know what you're saying, right? you can't counter it that way, but if you just zoom out, you're just like, a billion dollars surely could have fixed this problem. Right? At a time when all those jobs would have been very, very welcome too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We'll take all the freelancers and we'll we'll give them, break the whole thing down into 20-day parts and, and bid for it, you know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so just getting back to the, I, I want to talk about this because um, we, we've been talking about uh, the website for a while, um, New Jobs America. We've talked about your be your own boss, Bill, but I know you are talking about um, the recruiting a congressional sponsor. Um, you want to, should we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, this is a, uh, a definitely a journey of exploration. Uh, there are, uh, to, to my knowledge, there is only one proposal uh, being passed around in Congress uh, from the self-employed community uh, that, that reflects their wishes and their perception of what to do in the law, and that's be my own boss. It is not yet a bill. Uh, that's normal. This is called an outsider's bill. I'm comfortable with that because it's true. Uh, I've been self-employed for 40 years, and it does teach you a thing or two. And we tried to put everything I knew and everything anyone could teach me and tell me. And I've had a lot of feedback in the 12 years we've been working on the ABC test. What provisions to put into the bill that would make it attractive to self-employers, so it's not going to make things worse, uh, makes it protects their ability to select what, when, and where they're going to work self-employed and protects the buyer from challenges from people like Julie Sue and uh, uh, Jennifer Abruzzo, the head of the NLRB. Um, and we've tried to put that in language that fits within the framework of existing labor law. All we've done is extract the people who want to be voluntarily self-employed uh, and move them out of the fair coverage by the Fair Labor Standards Act because half of their nature is employer. And you can't divide them, so you can't regulate half of a person, so you can't regulate that person at all in this vector. So uh, we've done that. It's written in plain English that Ordinary people like me and you can read and go, oh, sure. All I have to do is choose it, you know, and take responsibility for my actions. Great. And some people will see a relationship between that and getting a marriage license. Like if you don't want the responsibility of marriage, don't get a license. Don't get married. You know, I mean, to me, it even goes as far down as a checkbook. Right. If, I mean, you know, don't. If you can't do addition and subtraction, you don't want a checkbook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't it, it's it does come down to personal responsibility. If you are not responsible enough to do this, you're probably not one of the people who's approaching this the right way to be one. 
Right, exactly right. It all it puts all the responsibility on the individual, and that's all the, the government should be doing. And then making sure that people honor their contracts, and then we can go to the Uber discussion. Like, one side doesn't honor their contract, that's a violation. That's what commercial law is there to repair, to readjust people's attitudes towards following the law. Okay, so there are other proposals uh, in Congress, and uh, I would say three that I know of. I just learned of another one yesterday, and that one sounds interesting, and I'm pursuing that. It's in the Senate, uh, and uh, it, it, I, don't, I haven't even seen the language, but it's from a source that I find uh, reliable, so I, worth pursuing. So what you do, if you want to put a, get a bill into Congress, um, you have a number of pathways and you need to choose the one that fits you. If you are a membership organization with money coming in, you can write your own law and then you can get all your people to back it who are members. Uh, that works. Um, if you have no money whatsoever and you have an, an idea that you think works, which I would put that us in that category, New Jobs America. Uh, you write it and then you find a way to introduce it to people who uh, find the topic appealing to them for various reasons. We've found five members of the House of Representatives who have extensive business experience before they came to Congress. They're very interested. They have offered us guidance as to how to what step to do next. And so we're following that guidance. We think it's well-deserved. We, we earned the right to follow their instructions. They did. So um, you can do that. You can go through the media, you know, and make a, uh, we have some uh, very uh, prolific communicators on our side. And uh, there's, there's room for people to propose other solutions or to back one. So it's you basically analyze your situation relative to the body that has to approve something and then tune your approach and your audience support and all those different things. So it is beyond fascinating. I will tell you, if you don't mind the slow boat, you will see a lot of scenery and you will learn a lot from it. So I have nothing but good things to say about our real government how it works, uh, and I would like to get rid of some of the non-real government that we have to live with. So that's where the, it's- You know, I always like that when we talk, you always spin that there's some good people out there. Cause it, I, I do have to be reminded from time to time. I really do. I, Steve, this job, it, it pays nothing. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm, it, <laughs> it's, it's about the love of the work and a love of the people who benefit, even though I don't know 59,900,000 of them. Um, it, it, is, it is for wonderful, earnest people. And you, I meet them all the time. It's like, oh, you're doing that? Oh, my God, I'm so glad. And they know somebody ought to be doing this. They haven't got the time themselves. They've got family, friends, people they're giving care to. They've got neighbors that things happen. They've got responsibilities. They're working for a living. You know, all this stuff. And... They just want government to leave them alone. They, they follow the rules. They overpay their taxes, you know, that sort of thing. And they that's all they want. And it's really easy to serve them in that sense if you just look deeply at what you're doing. Yeah. 
Um, wonderful people. So people should, people should go to newjobsamerica.com, still be signing up. Yes. Look okay. at the, read the legislation. It's just yep. there's a tab for legislation. You got to get beyond the kind of the display part, but it's right there. You It's highlighted the words that are going to going to change federal law. You highlighted, you can read them and understand them. You know, mm -hmm. I, I accept the rights and responsibilities of being my own boss. Okay. Let's, you know, let's have it. And then it, you get a little seven digit number and that's the number you contract with. And uh, you have the choice. You can moonlight, you can go whole hog and go solo and, you know, work on your own all the time, or you can work nights, you know, work sometime, decide about it later. Permanent. It's a permanent number. So I also want to take this moment to say that many people already know about the driver rights movement, but um, that's another one that like, look, guys, look into both these because drive driver singular driver rights dot uh, org. Check that out. Um, we've got what, over 60,000 signatures now of people wanting transparency on gig apps. That's a lot. Yep. That means that if you can, you, you have to learn, you have to figure out a way to make that force apply to something in order to make work happen. So you, it is wonderful. For instance, we have, there's California groups fighting the AB5 influence. I think their challenge appears to be, can you bring that to bear? They've done a very good job of making it effective. Can you keep bringing it to bear? Your people who sign these, these petitions, can they just send an email to their state, their federal representative and their two senators? Believe me, they weigh these stuff. They know everything that comes into those offices. They, they try to make it seem sometimes like, oh, you know, it's little stuff. But in fact, if they got 20,000, emails you know they go you know, they, they talk to each other they, they go in their little private doors to their the back end of their office and they, they talk to each other like holy crap i mean you know how many comments did you get about this mattress stuff you know like <laughs> oh i mean that's just there are all these clubs in the in government and you just have to find the club I mean, in the sense of a group effort not a you know, I know but I feel like this here, is a good actually, example. I, mean, I know I've been a bit quiet here, but I've been reading the Be My Own Boss Act here on the left, which is why I've been a little... <laughs> there's, a, there's a test. Okay, what do you think, David? I mean, I'm always just a huge fan of, like, the, especially the first pager, which is just like, this is what it tries to do, basically. Or like, let's just lay it out in human-readable format. Because then I start scrambling through the bill, and I'm like, I can't do that while also participating this at the same time, so I will, <laughs> you know... Well, well, my sister, who's a lawyer, probably could, but I, I can't. But I mean, like after the fact, when you read it, you'll find it like kind of like the driver writes. It matches what it's saying on the page. Yeah, yeah. Right? At the high level, it's the same thing, right? It's like why are people who don't have an interest in this or don't who it doesn't affect making the decision on behalf of the people who it affects, basically. That, right? that is not re Republican government. You know, small R. That we have a republic. We elect people to do the a job for us, and they need to they need to hew to that, not just be captured by interest groups or by fads and you know fantasies. So, yeah. But I thank you, David. That that's a compliment. <laughs> it was written for you, and we wrote it <laughs> and oh. everybody else. 
<laughs> but I think there's, I think that even Mike, I think you should check out driverrights.org when we're done. Cause I think there's, I, I don't know do what that. it is yet, but there's something to be matched up there. Maybe just saying, um, cause a lot of the people, a lot of what we want on that site is just transparency and the things they're having trouble getting their head or the companies are getting their head around yet. They want to call us independent contractors to do so. We got to be transparent. We got to have some of these things. And that's what this is asking for. Does Mike, Steve, have you mentioned to Mike, just the Colorado bill at all or what? Whatever. I'm not sure if Mike, are you familiar with the Colorado bill? I am, Senate I bill? am not, but, and we are interested in state legislation. So it's oh. Senate bill S SB 23098. SB 23098. It was a bill that unlike some of these other states that want to put like a dollar amount on, like we were talking about with Minnesota before we came on, Mike, how Minnesota's like added this minimum wage, these, this fee, this dollar per mile. And they've like gone so exorbitant that Uber's now saying they have to double the price in Minnesota and some areas they will be leaving. That was as of last night. They will be leaving parts of Minnesota. So, and, and, and the Twin Cities will be doubled fares, everything. So my thing becomes how much work they're going to actually get. Here in Colorado, we didn't attach a number to it. It wasn't about this is how much you're going to get per mile or whatever. It just was a bill about, hey, these drivers have a right to full transparency. Where are they picking up? Where are they taking? How much are they going to be paid? Just give, show them that. Quit having trickery and hidden doors and stuff. Just show them what they're going to get, what they have to do, which is common in, in this industry anyway, and give them the right to fight a wrongful deactivation. And they were going to get it on the floor and talk about it. But before they even got to the floor, two Democrats jumped ship because they're in bed with DoorDash. And they decided to cream this thing and, and dissolve it. I think what was interesting here, Mike, was it was like, you know, the lady, the legislator, like she who, like lady who wrote the bill, she was a gig worker and a gig driver. And what was interesting with the bill is that, you know, a lot of drivers supported it. And this is where the twist is. Labor also supported it. Right. So it was sort of this first bill where everyone's like, you know, what can we do to make life meaningfully better tomorrow, basically? And it's like we can actually all agree on these things. And even in that uh, bill, which had labor support and gig worker support and didn't argue IC versus not IC, but basically said things just need to be better. Let's just do transparency. That got killed. Right. So I think that's been a bit of a lesson, at least for I speak for myself. But I think Steve was yeah. always like probably you know a little more skeptical than i was was one of those where you're like wow like uh, this is sort of what we need more of uh, but yeah it got, it got killed before it even hit the floor do you know where it got killed what the mechanism was uh, was it in i just know it was the two democrats unpledging or whatever from this thing that they had already said they're in on you know they sort of agree i think it's a democratic majority body so i think you know they agree on the things that are going to get passed and put it all as part of a package so i think there was sort of like a party agreement to do this and of course when it came to a floor vote suddenly you know people voted against it the the unions uh nationalize these uh, initiatives like this you have to be careful of it you have to expect it is that they look at any of these what they would consider a giveaway to private enterprise as a threat to them, because if Colorado does it, 
some other state is is that week going to look over their shoulder and go, what was that language? You know, yeah. And they'll put it in there. It'll, it'll appear in Tennessee or Maine or something. And they don't want that. So they, they don't give ground anywhere uh, if they're if they're from that party and support the agenda, which many are these days. So uh, that's too bad. It sounds like uh, more publicity will help the story of who did that and why and who gives to those legislators and their shortcomings, the way Lorena Gonzalez has many, many personal shortcomings that disqualified her from uh, being a serious you know, assemblywoman. Uh, that you, you can you can fight this based on the personality of the individuals who are involved if you keep track. So I'm yeah. much encouraged by it. I just, I'm, it's one of the saddest parts of this story. Like he was saying that Stephanie V Hill is her name. Um, the, and she was elected to, she, Mike, if you kind of know Colorado, you know, Colorado Springs is very right leaning and she got erected, elected in a very right leaning district and she's not right. <laughs> Um, we've had, we've talked to her a couple of times. She's a great person. Um, she had some good ideas, but she was a gig worker elected in a very Republican area to this seat. And so she's a freshman. She has no experience with politics. And I think this was a crash course for her, for sure. I, I would re if you think there's hope, she's, she's, she had a Senator sponsor. She had a, a co-writer that was a third year, um, house member. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, if you could send some emissary to talk with her in private, I, one of the main questions is, did, did anyone threaten to retaliate against you with a primary if you voted for this gig worker provision? Because that's their first go-to line of threat, is to say, we'll primary you and you won't be a senator anymore. And that's, you know, you, you think about that. We're going to force you to have two campaigns to get reelected. And we're going to make sure that somebody is, you know, well-financed opposing you from the beginning. So, okay, your move, what will it be? So I would, I would ask that question probably in private. Yeah. No, yeah. Certainly. Um, you know, I mean, I just, it's weird to me that this was the only bill in the country that doesn't have a dollar tied to it. The ones with the dollar tied to it are going through. Dollar tied into which way? Like if they say, okay, Uber drivers, we're going to make a law. Now you get $5 per ride. You get $1.45 per mile. You get 34 cents a minute. This didn't have any of that. You can't price set in a legislature. You're going to, just like David said. Well, Minnesota did it on Sunday night and passed it. Well, watch their drunk driving fatalities go up. Yeah. I mean, cause like I was saying, like when I, yeah, when I saw those numbers, it's like, yeah, but that's active time based. Like you're not going to have as much work uber's gonna have to charge twice as much we were talking about this yeah people aren't gonna take ubers if they're twice as much right i mean i know a lot of cities and stuff they count on uber it's actually you know people count on it to get to work but people will be resilient and find other ways uber is a major service provider in most non-urban mainstream main 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 street economies you can get anywhere you want from anywhere else for any reason at any time of day or night mm -hmm. same with food delivery there are so many people who don't depend upon that you could say oh they're all rich well they're not you know yeah. so uh, 
and it helps the drivers. It's, it's in Massachusetts. I've mentioned this to you, Steve, before. The um, driving for a living, no matter what flavor it is, has remade the inner city homes, home economies, the household economy, just remade it. And it's wonderful that that's possible. It's great, but people want to price it out of existence. I mean, Mike. Mike had an experience. Maybe you'll share it with us about Uber from yesterday. That David, maybe you'll you'll get the. I I even told him one one trick not to do because I feel like he maybe did this. But as the customer, they don't know this stuff. But you wanna you wanna tell us like the distance it was and how short it was and what happened and transpired to get this Uber. Oh right, I was um, I was in the the house office buildings. They're just south of the Capitol. They're, they're all there. You can Google where they are. Uh, I needed to get from, uh, first I asked to go from there to the um, Reagan Airport, which is just like down to the corner and across the river. I, it must be must be less than four miles. It might be three. So I, I got a quote for three uh, for twenty two seventy five. Okay. But actually, I also need to pick up my suitcase, which is northwest of there, over Independence and north on 14, you know, likely have to drive the two sides of the drive, not the hypotenuse. So they said, oh, well, that's that's more. And we just changed surge pricing. So now the whole thing is going to be $78.80. Oh, well, that's a lot more. Of course, then you have to add a tip. And my guy was doing a great job, so I added a good tip. It was 108 bucks to close out the ride. By the time we got, you know, through fiddling in traffic, too. Well, now that's a ticket. That's a t- that's a ride. That's a rental car, in in fact. So, uh, you know, and I rented it for twenty minutes. So not a bad rate. I'm glad with the ride. It was a great guy. We're going to talk again. Um, that makes, but that's that ride's not going to get repeated. I'll, I mean, I'll buy a new suitcase. It's cheaper, cheaper than getting a bank a hundred bucks to, to drive around and pick it up. Yeah, so, uh, and for such a short distance, too. short distance. I mean, I don't know. I, this is kind of, I, it, it makes me wonder in the normal world, who can afford this stuff on right. top of everything else I'm seeing. It's just like, I see stuff and I'm like, how are people feeding? Well, there are two kinds of money uh, that appears to be in circulation. One is current money and that's what the government has. And that's what all, full-time uh, W-2 employees get. You get new money every day, it's brand new money. And those people who are on retirement income or under long-term contracts for some reason or just getting by and using their savings are using that old money. That old money is being depreciated 2 to 5% a year, maybe 10%. And that money is like shrinking. The dollars are becoming like the size of frozen peas. Meanwhile, the you know prices are going up to follow the the new money, which is you know very powerful and, and weak at the same time. So weak in purchasing power. So it is it's very divisive for the individual having to live through it. Yeah. So I know you talked to the driver, and I see Rick asked here um, if you. I think he's asking if you know how much the driver got paid. We t- he and I talked about that. I didn't completely understand it, but you, they get all of their tip or a very high percentage of the tip, but they get declining percentage for surge pricing. So obviously, my guess is just from what he told me, the surge pricing 
is a way to take more from the client. So, okay, fine. I understand search pricing. And a higher percentage of that seems to go to the platform rather than a lower percentage. See, I'm wondering if he even sees the surge because now in most markets, even though they're using the hourly or the minute and the mile as a tool, they are now showing what we've asked for forever. David and I have always said, hey, show us complete transparency. We'll go away. We will get out of your face. <laughs> we'll leave you alone. But you got you to gotta be transparent. But I think now they're doing that and they're saying, hey, here's the upfront fare you always wanted to see. And so they showed him the trip and he accepted it based on probably crappy pay, let's be honest. Right. And, um, and then he, there was an add-on to it during a surge. That's where a com- I mean, I don't even know what to say about that, David. It, to me, that's where a complete manipulation. I'm luck- it's lucky if he got any of it. it of the surge. You, you go ahead, David. Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't even know what those take rates are nowadays, right? I mean, it just. Right, but if he's not seeing the surge and he sees an upfront fare, and then he adds, and then Mike adds in a stop, and it surges in between that time, and. Yeah, all that's just going to Uber, whereas so, at least some of it used to come back to the driver. Yeah. I yeah so I think what I always have, you know, step one, pay trans, like, you know, transparency, right? You should know what you're going to get to take the trip. But I've always said, like, that's not enough, right? That's the most important step. But there also needs to be the clear set of rules to some extent, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, somebody has to define the rules, but more of a, you know, if you do this, this will happen. This is what we're going to ask you to do this. And this is just sort of how it works, right? I think it comes back to transparency of the system. Hey, you can charge the writers a lot more as long as I know. So you can charge, just tell me, I can charge the writers whatever I want to, and I will make fully transparent offers to people. I'm like, okay, I mean, I might not like that, but at least I know that that's the case. Or, you know, these are the set of rules. I will take this percent and this much from it. But I think, uh, where the problem is right now is this idea. I think it's opaque between all the different parties, right? So I think a lot of the time writers and people ordering food delivery think that the driver's making a lot of money, right? And that's where a lot of the tension that we see happening in the ecosystem is, is people are like, I'm paying a bunch for this food to be delivered. So the driver must be making good money. Right. Why are you not going to ring the doorbell, wait five minutes, walk up the stairs and hand it to me while I take my shower, right? Uh, I... I got the, the, the clue that I would have if I were to send this over to the Uber management cloud uh, is just from a, from a cub consultant many moons ago. Uh, we did a project on driver, uh, driver programs for a large, well-known moving company. They were having a terrible time retaining drivers. Sound familiar. And they were trying to come up with overall platforms and what we discovered very quickly was that the drivers were very non-uniform in what they wanted they we wound up proposing six different segments some some actually didn't care about more pay they wanted more respect so okay you can give people respect and mean it you know you can't move without people some people just wanted revenue and they couldn't care about the conditions uh, all that much. Some people wanted home time. Some guys were single. They didn't mind being out on the work, you know, out on the road a lot. Some guys just wanted to choose choose their loads, much like today. Like they just don't want to go to Utah from 
you know, South Carolina, but they were happy to go to Chicago. So they wanted a choice. And if you simply come up with a, you know, look at the segments of what the drivers want. Uber could do this. They, they have all the money they want. Um, they could come up with a program that, and then they could offer a plan and a guy could switch plans, but the plan's going to stay the same, be, you know, be, so that Uber can honor its it, 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 the expectations. Because if you go on for 10 years like this, everyone will say, oh, I've tried that, doesn't work. And then, then the company is really hurting and so are the customers. So that's not Pollyanna-ish, it's just like, try it guys. So yeah. you're welcome to take a shot at that. Just segment yeah. your driver base. Yeah, I feel like there's lots of of different things occurring in 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 that space, and that's a whole nother conversation. With all these states going different directions on how to treat Uber, and Uber's main goal is to just keep us independent contractors, re realizing too that most of us want to be, because we love the flex time, the ability to work, and we all the things that come with it. But it's like I've I've said this before. David said this before. It's like they want they want the they they want to pay us like independent. Uh, contractors but treat us like employees yes they want control without responsibility yeah yeah and so we as as we wind it down we have a few we have about seven minutes left mike what's the what's the last thing that we should hit on today because there's a couple here like the legislation to protect us all i hate the word legislation so when you put that out there i loved that <laughs> uh, um, uh well i think uh, i think the, I think this is a time where the voice of the individual can be heard more clearly than usual, because these are very tense times with a lot of pressure in them, and everybody feels it. Doesn't matter how you work, how you work, or whether you work. Everybody feels it, and at moments like this, the legislature listens more than normal, and. They may pretend they don't, but I, even, for instance, are we have Elizabeth Warren, who is not a friend of independent contracting. She's our, our one of our senators. And her overall, though this is a, she's Democratic, this is a very Democratic voting state, her approval rating is not very good. So Elizabeth Warren somewhere in her personality is listening. And so even in Massachusetts, we should write email Elizabeth Warren about what we want. And I think all the senators and all the representatives are more accessible than normal. So I, if we could get some citizen involvement and engagement, I think we'd be better off. I think just I second that's like authentic letters, right? I think what we've seen, and we've been guilty of this in the past, there's only software over here, like click here to email your representative. And if there's a tidal wave of that, maybe it makes a difference. But I do think at the end of the day, you know, maybe I'm an optimist and it sounds like you're an optimist too, Mike, is like, write your thoughts, send it, and that's the best way. Write it authentically and mail it, maybe certified mail it, and, you know, that. It's okay. It's okay. I think they weigh them. David, rather than reading them, that's so write something, but don't worry if it just says, I'm a gig worker, I want, I want freedom. And, you know, I, I need that freedom to, to do that without harassment and just let it go at that. I, I, I admire your, your writing urge, but 
it's it's getting your name and address in their district into their office on this issue that it's what's going to get measured yeah um so people need to go to uh new jobs america they need to you guys this is this is why i'm using this opportunity to re-bring up driver rights too because we were at sixty thousand signatures a while back so now i'm using it to hit both these platforms because you should go check out New Jobs America and you should read the Be My Own Boss legislation or the bill that Mike's trying to get moving along here. And you should also go to driverrights.org and make sure that you have signed up there because I, I believe we get their address too and stuff, don't we, David? Uh, we do. You can enter it and we can help you contact the local politicians. Right, but I mean like for the people that have entered info. Like, yes. do, are we? Do we have the info that he's talking about having an address? We, I'm imagining we do, right? Uh, we uh, sort of. Uh, we, uh, it's like an optional field, basically. That people but have. we have the email, and we could say. Yep. I mean, maybe yep. I don't know how you propose that or what you do, but is it, David? Is it uh, if you they know you live in Maine? Does Senator Collins get a get a copy? Uh, yeah, so I think there's another part of the system. So the change.org is just a way for people to show support of it. We also have another landing page where you can click and it will email your senator, your congressman, local politicians, etc. Do, do both. You know? Yeah. Well, see, and that's that's what he was saying. He didn't know, and that's what I was trying to get your take on, Mike, too, is that he didn't know like how much weight did something like that have because we, it was made to be very easy for people to just go in and click yes email all these people and it was almost just like type your name put your email and here it's pre-written they talk about this they talk about it in the office their staff will tell them there are people that monitor the the accounts not in every single office but uh many of them are surprisingly responsive online so they, they will not necessarily read every letter to the representative that's not going to happen but they will say yeah we got twenty thousand this week on you know, offshore wind or something like that. And people, oh, okay. So uh, the, the word gets to them. You don't have to write them just once. You, you, you know, you don't have a budget. You can email a couple of times. It's free. Mm -hmm. Be free about it. You know, just tell them. I think Bud, Bud Soda and Steel in Tennessee had sort of, uh, or Steel in TN had a good yeah. some comments here, which I thought were interesting. So I think Steel in, I've contacted them many times. My representatives sure don't give a damn. Yeah. Uh, and then Budsoda been there, done that. Stefanik on the house is the only one who cares about independent contractors, mostly because of truckers. Schumer and Gillibrand don't care. I think the second one here, though, you can sway your individual house members more easily. All right, so I think the answer is, you know, hit it all, hit it again. I know it's frustrating, but, you know, that's, you know, you know, when we talk about sort of like having rules to the system, politicians, this is the system they care about, right? So you just got to hit them. Them how they want to see so I, I have to go to this about so this is sean and, and he lives in outside nashville okay i happen to know sean so um he's contacted him many times they don't give a damn i'm this is is this one of those things mike where yeah he's just not hearing back from him but they're still reading it right i mean is that what you're kind of getting at is is he just measuring what they what they send back i have no idea okay i, I would i would ask sean um just think about the process you used. And he what said, the, "He said if you send them something about the border, they pounce all over it." <laughs> Meaning they agree. With, with 
anything else is crickets he says i don't know <laughs> where, where is he living what's the capital of tennessee pardon me nashville um is it memphis or i don't think so i think it's nashville is it nashville Boy, it, okay. I know. Now you got me. Like I never. I actually, this is something I kind of do well with too. Knoxville. I don't know. Well, I feel like it's not Nashville for some reason. It probably office. is. Yeah. Call anyway. the office and say this is Sean, and I'm trying to get. The, the, I'm trying to get the word to you that I'm an independent contractor, and tell them your occupation. And will you please, guys, please do something for me on this issue? You know, like did you vote? For, I voted for it. Just something on the phone. Do something. This is, remember, this is forever. If they pass these laws, you will not in your lifetime unpass them. No, you have to get, you have to get there now. This is, there isn't any procrastination on politics these days. Pardon the consonants. You've got to do it now. Look what yeah. we're doing with Julie Sue. Shane, I see, I see that you're saying, you're saying same thing here in Colorado. So I'm in our, Colorado. Our advisors say it's Nashville. And but so does it's Albany. That must mean New York. I'm, He's I'm, talking about New York, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Shane, Shane says he's in Colorado, and he, um, you know, he's written the governor a few times. So I don't know if you caught the beginning of this, Shane, but we were actually talking about the uh, Senate bill that got dropped that actually should have got through. You, I don't know if you heard whim of that, but if you do DoorDash, you definitely did. If you do DoorDash in Colorado. You got approached by DoorDash saying uh, you got an email saying that they're trying to take away your independent contractor rights. Click here. And it did not provide you a link to the bill. <laughs> you, you were not allowed to read the bill. You just had to take DoorDash's word at it. <laughs> you wonder who advises their, you know, political people. <laughs> hey. I mean, you know, it's, it's what they do. It's what yeah. they do. They, they use measures like that. And so, Again, I think it's a. I think it's more of a hybrid. I always, I always have to do this. It's more of a hybrid independent contractorship. These apps, than traditional independent contractorships, because traditional, you just kick them out the door. I mean, this wouldn't even exist. They just kept coming at you and saying, "You want to do this for a dollar?" You'd be like, "No, get out of here." Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apps are apps are evolving. Google uh, wants to know every time I open up one of our financial accounts, can I use, you know, can I do the, the, um, the password for you? Can I please, please, please. And, and <laughs> no, not ever, you know, it's okay. And then the, the next time I go, it's no, not ever later that afternoon, you know, like they, they don't care. They just got to come back at you. Like grow up guys, serve me. I'm the customer. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up for the day. I want to thank Mike and I want to thank David both for being here. Um, I know we did this live, but this is going to disappear. So all you people were lucky, but it will re-premiere on the Parachannel on Thursday. So. Excellent. Thank you, David. <laughs> Mike, good to meet you in person. So, yeah. You guys check out each other's stuff. I know, David, you already were, but uh, Mike, you should check out driverrights.org. I will do that. And thank you for your work, David. Awesome. No, thank you, too. <laughs> so thank you everybody and we'll see you back here soon have a good thanks, week Dave. appreciate it thanks everybody I'm